Grant Williams was on the Old Man in Three podcast and talked about how the Chicago Bulls were in the mix of teams that he could have potentially signed to. We're also going to talk about the Bulls being still at that same crossroads they were at when they started the season and how they could only kick that can down the road for only so long. Lastly, we're also going to talk about the Bulls' rotation and dive into the mailbag. We're getting into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow the channel right off the top at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. But with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And first up, Grant Williams talked about almost signing with the Chicago Bulls amongst other teams. He said this in being interviewed by J.J. Redick, uh, like it was one of those uh, where there were a bunch of options, but there were, there were ones where probably the most concrete were Dallas of the world and maybe Chicago, Atlanta, and maybe New York. Stuff like that where things were kind of getting closer and closer, but I think they were kind of still a bit further away because Dallas was probably the main priority and they were really pursuing an, an aggressive from the start. Dallas was the priority, and then uh, there were backups in a way because of how they were attacking the conversation. I think the other teams were also pursuing and trying to get deals done, but I think Dallas was just overly aggressive, and it ended up working out. So the Bulls miss out on potentially signing Grant Williams, but it does look like, as projected, and I even had a video on it, that the Bulls did try to go after Grant Williams. Now, Grant Williams offers, a again, another power forward who, yes, Smaller in stature, but still does bring rebounding, some ability to stretch the floor. And he's played in big games, playing in a, in a bunch of playoff games, and this is a team that needed playoff experience. Now, they ended up missing out on, on Grant Williams and potentially pivoted to Torrey Craig, who still, at least statistically, brings a lot of what Grant Williams brought, but, you know, is a bit of a role player. They got him at a much uh, discounted price, two-year deal at the vet minimum. But Grant Williams would have absolutely been a player that pushed Patrick Williams for that starting power forward position. And I think that that kind of indicates what the mindset is right now around the Chicago Bulls. No, do I think that the Bulls are down on Patrick Williams as down as some Bulls fans are? No, I don't think that at all, right? But I do think that the Bulls are realizing, as I've said over on Locked on Bulls in the last couple of days, that they they can't continue to put all their their eggs in the P-Will basket until P-Will unlocks that aggression, right? Now, I still think the world of P-Will and his potential, uh, but again, potential hasn't won anybody anything. So eventually that potential has to turn to actual play on the court. But, you know, I do think that they still are invested in that. And I do think Patrick Williams is still going to get his second deal. And I can't wait to Bulls fans are absolutely triggered by whatever deal Patrick Williams signs when he re-signs with the Bulls. But ultimately, it just comes down to the Bulls realize that if they are going to try to make that move to compete, right? And there's a difference in competing and contending, which we'll talk about in one of the voicemails that we get. But I do think that while the Bulls are trying to compete, they realize, hey, we cannot continue to put all the eggs in P-Will's basket until P-Will shows it consistently. He shows that he wants it. He shows that he's able to just give a consistent level of effort. Yes, defensively, he's always done that, right? And there is some things to be said about the opportunities he's given as well in the offense. But with that being said, I think the Bulls are looking at players that, regardless of what they get called for them or not, can find ways to impact the game. And so, you know, the, the the Bulls' pursuit of Grant Williams, it makes sense. I know not everyone, as far as Bulls fans, likes the concept or idea of Grant Williams being on this team. But overall, he ended up signing with Dallas, so it don't matter. But with that said, the Bulls still sit with their free agent acquisitions at a place of a crossroads, right? 
they are still trying to have their foot in, in, in both areas as far as competing now, not contending because there's a difference between that, competing now, right, and being a team that can be competitive in their conference and then a, a team that is still waiting on development. Now, with that said, they have made investments in the development, bringing in a, a head of player development, which we'll see. We, we, like I've said, I don't expect to see the fruit of that for another year. Maybe maybe next season is when you start seeing that. It's going to take a little bit of a minute, but they did hire a player development coach, and, and hopefully that means that they are going to start putting more of a priority on player development. But when you build a roster that is trying to compete now and be competitive and is not bottoming out and trying to tank, that the end of the day is the Bulls still at, still at, sit at this place where they are waiting for one of these young players to develop, right, to really kind of up their ceiling. But the players don't necessarily have the biggest roles in the offense either as head coach Billy Donovan likes to rely on his vets, runs a lot of shots for, for the, DeMar DeRozan, Zach, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and then everybody else just kind of has to figure out their way, right? That's why players like Alice Caruso are so important for a roster like this is because ultimately, like, that, that's a player that understands a role, that understands how to go out there and still get his, regardless if he's getting shots called for him or not, not like he's going to make them if he... T- that's a little bit of a shade and a joke, but it's not like he's going to he's gonna take or make a lot of shots either, but that's why you see players like that really, you know, kind of maximize. Really, when it comes down to it, the only players that averaged double-digit points last season were Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Patrick Williams. That's it. When you look at the number, the, the shot splits as well, falls very in line with that. But the end of the day is this, is that if you're a team that you're looking at your young players to develop, they're not going to come in and develop magically if you're not running things for them that is part of the reason why like Kobe White's growth in the other in all areas of his game and that shooting started to come along towards the end of the season this present a thing where the Bulls are like no we cannot let this guy go but the Bulls still sit at that crossroads where it's like okay you're not fully in 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 just player development right just player reps and those development reps for those players because you're still trying to win basketball games now right and then at the same time, you're not going complete when all in on winning now just because you still have the young players that you could move to get assets back and veterans that can help you try to push to in the playoffs now, right? And so while the Bulls sit in – and, and the Bulls, I don't want to make this seem like it's a Bulls-exclusive team. A lot of teams sit in that area where they are trying to do both. Some are just doing it more uh, – more uh, effectively than the Chicago Bulls are doing it, right? You look at the Indiana Pacers, for example. We go inside our own division. A, a team that has veteran players, players that have been in the leagues five, six, seven years, things like that. They're still kind of young, too, though. But they still have. Ben Matherin absolutely had a role. Jerace Walker's going to have a role on that team next season, right? So you, you can see that they are trying to do what they can. They're winning the games. They're not like they didn't go as in as the Bulls did, right, we're bringing in a bunch of veterans, but they still have absolutely players in Buddy Hill and and, 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 and Miles Turner, things players like that. Obi Toppin now coming in, still a fairly, fairly young player himself as well. Bruce Brown, an NBA champion, right, still trying to find ways to win, but they are highlighting their young guys. Jarese Walker's probably going to be a day-one starter. Or Obi Toppin, but still Jarese Walker's going to get a lot of minutes. Ben Matherin, while not starting last season, played a ton of minutes for that team. Tyrese Halliburton, we already know. TJ McConnell, right? Like, these are players which TJ McConnell's 31 years old. Crazy. Uh, one of the better backup points in the, in the league, right? So you have teams that find ways to do it. It really comes down to the coach and how they prioritize it. That's why we have a voicemail kind of on this, and I'm, I'll dive into it a little bit more there. But eventually the Bulls are going to have to, unless 
unless it does happen. Let's say magically Kobe White and Patrick Williams take this huge leap this season and Billy Donovan, because of just how well they're played, has no choice but to give them minutes, shots, and run things for them. That's the, that's the perfect world that the Bulls are hoping for is going to happen. It doesn't always happen that way. You kind of want to build towards that. But, hey, if it does, shout out to them. The Bulls then could say that they lived in both worlds, and eventually it paid off in their favor. But ultimately, right, at some point, the Bulls, if we keep being this team that is a play-in, if we keep being this team that is getting to the, fir- getting to the first round of the playoffs and win one, two games before they're eliminated, eventually you have to pick a direction. And so – We'll see where that direction ends up taking the Bulls. We'll see when they ended up take when they end up taking that direction as well. But it's coming. But now in talking about that, looking at the Bulls rotation for next year, you guys know how I think the starting lineup is going to shake out. Javon Carter, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic. That's going to be the starting five, I think, to start. Torrey Craig absolutely has a chance to get that starting power forward position. I also think, for what it's worth, Kobe White's going to be given every opportunity in preseason as well to see if he can earn that starting point guard position. But let's just say it shakes out the way that I said. That means that you're then looking at Alex Caruso and probably Kobe White being your first two players off the bench, right? So those are both two guards. You're then probably looking at, unless Dalen Terry shows that he's ready, unfortunately, you're going to probably get a lot of Io DeSumo probably playing some three if he's going to get minutes. Now, Torrey Craig is probably going to split his minutes between the three and four even though some people, some of you guys pointed out, and I think it's true, that Torrey Craig absolutely probably will be used as some small ball center in some lineups. Do not be surprised if that happens. But you have players that you look at, Caruso, uh, Kobe White, Torrey Craig, where he starts to come off the bench, and then that is Patrick Williams. They're definitely going to get minutes, right? That's your eight that's going to get minutes. You look at number nine, Andre Drummond should, should be that as well because I think he's, he could thrive in that role, and hopefully Billy Donovan uses him more effectively next season. So then you have now your nine. Billy Donovan tends to only go 10 deep, maybe 11 at times in some specialty times. So you're looking at still Io DeSumo, Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, all fighting for minutes on this team. Carly Jones, I'm not expecting Carly Jones to get any minutes. I'm not. It is what it is. Take it, ball it up, throw it away. I don't expect it. I don't, listen, I know he won the G League MVP last season, but I don't give a damn. All those points ain't going to stop him when he can't guard a a paper cup so that's how I think like it's it's going to shake out and it's going to come down to who brings it right matchup is going to play a a big role in it as well what what is the matchup do we need a little bit more size than what we would need in other games right but I do think you're going to see some of Io DeSumo playing three or Alice Caruso playing three absolutely can happen Kobe can move into the point you then probably run in Io as your your guard but listen we are going to get three guard lineups at the very minimum do not be surprised if you still get some four-guard lineups with Billy Donovan being there and the way that this roster is made up, right? And I know a lot of people are holding out hope that this last contract that the Bulls are going to give, whether it goes to Christian Wood, Kelly Oubre, Jermichael Green, whoever it is, comes in and plays a big role. It's probably not going to happen, right? And if it does, that then furthers the, the fact that that means that you're having young guys that, that should be the future of your team that just aren't going to be getting minutes. So. That's the way that, it, that I expect the rotation to shake out. Now, how effective is that going to be, right? I look at this and say the Bulls have, in a way, doubled down on defense even more. And I do think that the Chicago Bulls are going to have one of the better defenses in the NBA. And, you know, I know that we were ranked fifth overall in defense last year, but I've already told you guys a big part of why we ranked so high defensively wasn't because we were just this lockdown 
defensive team. No, it was more so because the Bulls just did not go for offensive rebounds, which then it limited transition points for the other team. And that is one of the most effective and efficient ways the team score. And because we had low numbers there, it inflated our overall defensive ranking. We were one of the worst half-court defenses in the NBA. Now, I do not think that's going to happen. When you look at Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, Alice Caruso, um, even Io DeSumo if he does get minutes, and Andre Drummond, right? Those are five players that we just listed in a 9-10 to player rotation that defense is almost their specialty. So the Bulls need to be doubling, well, not need to be, they did double down on defense. And so because of that, you expect that that defense to really be a highlight of this team. Now, with that said as well, with the, with the areas that they increased in the margins with their three-point shooting, Zach Levine having a point guard there with them for the full season, you expect him that, us to be a little bit more of an efficient team on the offensive side of the ball as well. So that's why when I asked that question yesterday, can the Bulls compete in the East? That's what that really was about. We've got a voicemail on and I wait to go into it. But the Bulls have absolutely doubled down, and the Chicago Bulls have to be. Let me be clear. They have to have one of the best overall defenses in the NBA next season, if they want to be effective. And I think that they can do it. We did it before. We were that one. We had that run at being number one in the Eastern Conference. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today two years ago now at this point, right? So at the end of the day, it's just this, right? The Bulls with the roster that they, that they have constructed, you can kind of figure out their 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 way of playing. I, even in mentioning those defensive players, I didn't even mention Patrick Williams, who again, the least scored on player in the NBA last season. So it, defense is going to be our bread and butter, but we have to, with that brand of defense, have to be a better three-point shooting team by volume and percentage. We also have to be an efficient team, right? We have to play efficiently. And that is something that, whether it's Billy Donovan's system, whether it's having a point guard, whether it's taking the ball out of Zach Levine's hands so we don't get turnovers, limiting turnovers overall as a team, that is how the Chicago Bulls are going to have to make a name for themselves if they're going to want to be effective and be more than a playing team next season. But all right, let's go ahead and get it. We got three voicemails today before we sign off. Let's get into this first one. This one's from Big O. Well, hey, it's your boy Big O, man. Uh, I'm calling back with a second thought, man. I'm always, you know, listening to your podcast from draft, but it drafts a lot of conversation in my mind, so i got to spill it to you. Um, so you asked, uh, uh, can the Bulls contend with the top teams in the East? And I say, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah, they compete with them. I say that. I wouldn't consider, I wouldn't call them a contending team win a championship, but I do think they compete with every team in the NBA. Why I say that? Because when you look around, there's not really no dominant team in the NBA right now. Um, on paper, the only team that could be dominant is the Phoenix Sun, and we got to see how they come together for them. But on paper, that's the really only team you can be like, okay, they, they, they probably win 60-plus games if everything goes 
dominant team. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Brandon Champs, they're not a dominant team. Uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, hell, as many times uh, Miami didn't beat, uh, beat them across the head. They ain't a dominant team either. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, they just have uh, superstar talent. That's what makes those get those teams the edge over us. But I think any time you got three guys that are all-star caliber players, Boos, DeMar, Zach, they can get you 20, 30, 40 points on any given night. You you damn better be contending. I mean, I contending competing with the best in the NBA, especially when you, you know, you level it out to so there's no, there's no, not a dominant team. So I absolutely think they can, they're going to be able to compete with the rest of the team when you uh, factor in the upgrade, uh, uh, you know, to the role player positions that they, that they added. So, uh, will they be a top four, top five seed? We got to see that come together. But like you mentioned, we, they lost a bunch of games. A quarter a quarter of, of, of the games they lost in, in in the last five minutes. You know what I mean? Painful loss. So maybe some of those games turn around and do a bunch of this shit. A better record. Maybe they're more high spirited. Maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they, you know, going in right they high or they put somebody out. I mean, it's still possible. You know what I mean? Uh, another thing, because uh, I noticed I'm coming down to my last second, man. I'm starting to watch my clock. I got to call you one more time for this last uh, question uh, that I got for you. <clears throat> All right. Big O was the only one, at least, that has either left a comment or that has left a voicemail that understood the assignment yesterday. When I asked the question, can the Bulls compete in the East, it didn't mean contend. There are so many of you guys saying, well, the Bulls aren't winning a title. That was not the question. Competing is different than contending. And competing was the question there. And I do think that the Bulls do have a roster that can compete. We beat so many good teams last season. We lost a lot of bad teams as well, right? You have to take the good with the bad. But the Bulls in those margins, like they lost a lot of games in the margins. They increased in the margins. So I do expect the Bulls to compete with teams better than what they did last year. And I hope that that's that's the case. Listen, the Eastern Conference, I won't say it's wide open because it's not. But those top four teams kind of in the East, after that, there are a lot of teams bunched in there, right? There are teams absolutely you expect for the arrow to be more up than down, but there is a room for movement in the Eastern Conference. The biggest question is, did the improvements that the Bulls made, did the, did the signings that they make, are, are they going to play overall better as a team? Is Billy going to better utilize the roster that he has as well? Those are some of the questions surrounding the Chicago Bulls, and we'll end up seeing if they can compete in that Eastern Conference. But thank you for that, Big O. Let's get into this next one. This one is for first-time caller. Jay. Hey, Hayes, man. What's good, man? My name is Jay, calling from Florida. Diehard Bulls fan since the early 90s. Been with the team for a long time, but I wanted to ask your opinion on a few things. So, first of all, I would like to say I watched your last video, um, and I think the major problem that we're having as a team comes down to two things, um, player development and also coaching. I think that Billy Bubblegum Donovan, as you call him, um, is our main problem because I think the players that really need development are able to get the quality minutes that they need to have um, coming off the bench in order to get to that next step, you know, i.e. Io DeSumo and um, Patrick Williams. I mean, I haven't still seen, haven't seen that dog out of him yet, but I mean, these are definitely players with high upside, but I think that the rotation doesn't really favor younger um, newer players, you know, just like Simonovich, you know, I don't think he got his proper chance. And anyway, um, my question to you is how long is the, the Billy Donovan leash? How long will the Bulls, you know, accept being 
mediocre, are missing the playoffs, are, are barely getting into the first and second round before they make a decision to move on from that. Also, my second question would be, what is your opinion on extending DeMar DeRozan long-term? Um, you know, seeing that I actually like what he brings to the team. However, I do feel like at times he does slow down the office. But again, I agree with you saying that it's coaching. So if you do get another coach, do you further look at how that can impact the game, impact the team with having different coaches? Do you keep that core together or do you totally dismantle it and, and look at getting a whole new system all together? But anyway, man, I love your content. I check you out daily. Just wanted to show love. You know, definitely seeing red over here. Peace. Bulls major problems, coaching and development. Listen, hey, you're preaching to the choir here, bro. Um, and I think they go hand in hand, right? We have a lack of development because of our coaches, because of our coach's style, because of the way that our coach doubled down on his veteran players and the big name talent, right? Now, if we had the true superstar, a transcendent star, generational talent, doubling down and, and really relying on that generational talent, it would take us much further. We don't. We have a lot of damn good players, right? And good guys, but we have a we don't have that generational talent. We don't have that. And so that makes those things a little bit more evident and clear with with the with the holes in the game and coaching philosophy here in Chicago. Now, as far as how long is Billy Donovan's leash, listen, bro, I wish I could answer that for you. Because I listen, you gave a coach an extension a year before you needed it. Uh when at that point in time you had one first round exit and then we ended up being a play-in team. So I really don't know when it comes to Billy Donovan. I would think that if the Bulls, for example, missed the playoffs this year, which I hope, knock on wood, I don't want to see my team miss the playoffs. Some people want to see the Bulls miss the playoffs just so they can prove a point. I don't want to see that. But if the Bulls were to miss the playoffs, I would hope that that would absolutely put a highlight on the fact that Billy Bubblegum Donovan needs to get the hell up out of here. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know. With this front office, with the ownership, I've always said this. Once Billy Donovan talked about the fact that he texts Jerry Reinsdorf every day, I'm like, oh, he's going to be here for a while, right? Because that's just how this team goes. And as you pointed out that you've been a Bulls fan forever, you know that. Once you're in with Jerry, it's very hard for you to lose your job, unfortunately. So I don't know how long Billy Donovan's leash is, but I'll tell you what, if the Bulls do make, make the playoffs, we need to see that leash become a chokehold. That's what I think. Last question, extending De DeMar DeRozan long-term. Here's the thing. If I had my way, DeMar DeRozan would be traded. He would have been traded this offseason. He would have been traded at the trade deadline. And I think people think that because you want a player traded, it means that you must hate them. No, I don't hate DeMar DeRozan at all. I think, and I look at what he brings in the game, and, and I'm not one of those people either. It's like, oh, DeMar brings nothing. No, DeMar brings leadership. He brings the ability to get points when the Bulls don't have any, but he also brings limitations. We need three-point shooting around him. He's not going to shoot very many threes, and when he does shoot them, he's not going to hit them overall effective, right? 29% three-point shooter for his career, taking, I think, 1.7 three-pointers per game. Again, off the dome, I know somebody's going to be like, oh, no, it's, it's actually 2.1. But at the end of the day, like, DeMar DeRozan is a limited offensive player, but I do look at it as well that Billy Donovan has not asked of, of DeMar DeRozan what a coach like Greg Popovich did when he got a little bit more out of DeMar DeRozan as far as the team aspect and facilitating part of DeMar DeRozan's game. And so I would trade DeMar DeRozan tomorrow if I could. Now, again, I wouldn't just trade him for anything. I would trade him for a package where you get things back that you absolutely need, whether it is future first, even if they're low first, considering the first we gave out for Nikola Vucevic. If you can get a young, unproven talent back that you can look at and say, hey, maybe, just maybe, with now DeMar not taking up as many shots, we can maybe develop this guy, right? 
But that's my thought process. But I do think that that DeMars are going to end up getting an extension. It's probably going to be about two to three years. That's what I expect, and we'll see if that ends up being the case. All right, let's get into the last voicemail for the day. This one's from the 312. Hey, what's the word, Brody? Uh, of course, long time listen. I've been loving the show since forever. Uh, shout out to you and all the success that you are getting. I'm sitting here thinking, bro. Now, I know that you're not as optimistic about Billy Donovan and his coaching abilities like me and Pat is, but just sitting there thinking what, how guard-heavy the team is and, you know, some of the interchangeable force that we got, do you think that it's a possibility that for the early part of the season or early part of, I guess, well, yeah, the season, if the team is doing good, do you think that's going to give time for Billy Donovan to sit that and DeMar DeRozan more so they can rest a little bit more to get, you know, guys like Dalen Terry a little more pick to try to see how the lineups with Io, Kobe, and Caruso with the playing the one, two, and three to go together, throwing Tory Craig out there, getting Pat some momentum up. Do you think that that's giving them a chance to, for those guys to get a little bit more development, get a little more uh, glue with their play styles without having to worry about uh, Zach Levine and uh, DeRozan being out there for heavy minutes and kind of reserving their bodies for the postseason? Let me know what you think, bro. So you ask a question that I have literally been talking about this since about midway through the 2021-22 season, is that le- lowering the minutes for Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, because, again, playing them like you expect to be a playoff team. Now, to that said, you would have to have players that are ready to step up into those roles, and there's enough questions around it to say maybe not. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan averaged 35 and 36 minutes last game, last season, and basically Zach Levine averaged 36. They both averaged 36 minutes per game, basically. Both averaged about 18 shots per game, right? And I would love to see a world in which, again, not that you're just giving it, but but a world in which Patrick Williams play, Dalen Terry's play, how Io DeSumo's play dictates, hey, we can, we can get away with playing DeMar and Zach 32, 33 minutes a game. And while that doesn't seem a lot, if you cut off, if you're able to cut off four minutes per game over the course of a whole season, that's a lot less minutes. That's a lot, lot less wear and tear, especially on Zach Levine. And then you can gain, get, even if that is one or two extra shots for those players a game, that gets that. That helps that development. So, yes, I do hope that that can be the case, but the players have to play at a level that shows that they earn and deserve that. You know, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, Iota Sumu, Julian Phillips. They have to show and prove that they deserve those opportunities. And hopefully they do this season because I, I really hope that they show that development this season where we can start talking about playing Zach and DeMar less minutes out of necessity. That's my thought. You guys can let me know what you think down below. But that's it. That's my time for today. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Last, leave one, leave a text message and our voicemail for a mailbag. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.